Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfy with Remax Escarpment, the Golfy team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamperin. Yeah, good morning. Another uh, Saturday here in uh, the city of Hamilton. Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team, in studio with us as always. As is Phil Golfy, sales rep with the Golfy team. You can get a hold of them today at 905. 905- 575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. RobGolfi.com is the website. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. At RobGolfi on Instagram and Twitter. And check out the Rob Golfi Facebook page. And if you have a question for the Golfi team, you can send them an email. Questions at RobGolfi.com. Questions at RobGolfi.com. We've received questions, everything from the intro music and what that's all about to anything under the sun uh, <laughs> Regarding real estate. So if you have a question about anything, and real don't estate forget wise, my grammar. And the grammar. <laughs> and the grammar. Yes, you can email questions at robgolfie.com. Our special in studio guest today, Adam Caravelli, a McMaster Poli Sci grad. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Hello. How Great are you? Great to see you. Good morning. <laughs> Great to see and hear from you. I, I'm sure our listeners are going to be intrigued with what you have to say uh, today. We're going to get to a lot of things that you're involved in, uh, including uh, a local food discount program, uh, Dr. Chad Harvey, which it's uh, a name that might uh, some people might uh, recognize in this community. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, reestablishing honey at Mac, uh, but we'll begin with the Hamilton housing prices being overvalued, just like Toronto and Vancouver. This is according to the latest CMHC report. You're grinning, Rob. Yeah, no, but they've been (laughs) saying that all the time, but it's it's not overpriced. Um, The market just uh, is going back to normal. Uh, We had a a crazy first quarter. Yes. And now we're back to normal stages. And uh, so I, I don't know... You know they're 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 coming out with numbers and the numbers are are strong in sales but uh, but we're back to normal uh, normal levels when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, you know with prices and everything else like that. Well, the the report here and this is again a quarterly report from Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation, uh, which says that housing market conditions in Canada remain problematic. Uh, Toronto and Hamilton continue to show strong evidence of overall problematic conditions due to price acceleration overvaluation and overheating due to demand outpacing supply in the rental resale and new home markets yeah so what's happening right now is they're going off of the first quarter stats so right what anthony pastorelli who is the cmhc analysis for um the hamilton market he's using an indicator such as income levels employment and population growth and he's what he's basically saying is based on those indicators it does not support the growth of the housing market right so as we've seen in the past, you know, since the Easter weekend, we've seen the prices completely cool down. Some will use the word soften. Um, it's not necessary, you know, necessarily a correction just yet. But based on those indicators from the first quarter, it doesn't support the price growth that we've seen. Now, um, you know, this I would I would I would call this article dated hmm. already, even though it just came out this week. It's a dated article because our prices have come back to reality. Mm-hmm. They've come back to you know, a balanced market where, you know, houses aren't going for $120,000 over asking price. Right. Um, 
and they're not selling within the first day on market. Uh, you know, before we we're talking about holding offers and 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 all that sort of thing. It's it's completely out of the market now. The inventory's mm-hmm. up, um, the supply's up, and and you know, there's there's a lot more. Uh, you know, the, the, it's a balanced market. So based on based on this article, it's 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 they're talking about the first quarter of this year, and which is very true. But but to date, right now. Our prices, I wouldn't say, are overvalued. Yeah, yeah. This report is focusing on January, February, March, when I think you referred to the market as stupid or insane, it, it or it was crazy. It, it was insane, yeah. and, and so so they're behind three months. So in three months from now, he's going to say we're back to normal conditions. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so it just uh, like I mean, we're in the trenches of of of, of the mm-hmm. market. Um, CMHC they find out their reports after. Like months, like, you know, right. a month, three months after. Yeah, they're reflecting so, on the past. Exactly, they're reflecting yeah. on the past. Yeah. Well, I'm reflecting on now. Mm-hmm. This is what's happening now. So uh, he's going to, like, this article that came out is, he's going to say something different in, in a month or two from yeah. now. Well, just to give you a, uh, just a glance at some of the other big centers in Canada, uh, Vancouver bidding wars are now common for townhouses and apartments too, as first-time home buyers and families pile into the slightly expensive section of the market. So instead of going for those $2 million homes, they're going to, you know, rental units or even condos, right. which are a little bit cheaper right. uh, in, in Vancouver. Calgary and Edmonton, a CMHC seeing signs of overbuilding, especially for apartments. Uh, Winnipeg, the city's on course to absorb good chunks of its current inventory of unsold homes in the next few months, which is interesting. Uh, we talked about Hamilton and Toronto, but the, the snippet there is price growth has slowed since earlier this year, but is still far above what economic conditions and demographic trends support. In Toronto, the average price growth of condo apartments is catching up to that of single detached homes, which is very interesting. Yeah, it's because getting, they're building, they're still they're building condos. Pricey. And even condo condo developers here in in Hamilton, they're they're pushing the market with uh, per square foot here, yeah. and and they're they're getting them. But there's going to be a point where the, the the market won't sustain that mm-hmm. that kind of price. And is the condo craze or boom? Uh, I'm not sure if it's still in the boom stage. But is that more tailored to those millennial buyers, those first time home buyers? I mean, that, yeah, that, that's the yeah. way for them to get in. It's, it's the or first an easier time, way. or the the millennials want something that's low maintenance, right? Um, you know, and any, a little more chic. Any, exactly. Right? You know, they want the modern update. But anything, anytime that you know they don't have to cut the lawn or shovel yeah. snow, it's it's going to be attractive to them, especially um, you know through their travel years when while they're traveling through their twenties and, and early thirties, mm-hmm. they want something where they can lock the door, take off for two weeks, and right. not have to worry not about to worry what's about going on at they're, home. They're, yeah, because millennials are more into travel, lifestyle, everything else, and mm-hmm. they just want a place they walk in, they don't have to worry about anything. So it just. Uh, so you're gonna have buildings all over Hamilton full of millennials. It's gonna be like a well, I'm not gonna say a frat house, but <laughs> <laughs> close to it. close to it. A couple more snippets on this uh, CMHC report uh, that uh, talks about Hamilton's uh, housing prices being overvalued, just like in Toronto and Vancouver. Uh, it says Ottawa is uh, all as well. Apparently in the capital, we detect weak evidence for all other indicators of problematic conditions. So I guess a check mark for the nation's capital. Prices are rising in Montreal, but at a pace justified by demographic and in income trends. Uh, and out east in Moncton, average prices for existing homes were essentially unchanged. Uh, Halifax, this is a, an interesting uh, comment or, or statement, thicker ranks of young people, uh, aka more millennials, uh, are providing <laughs> healthy demand for the city's inventory of homes available for sale. So just a, a quick uh, glance at uh, you know the nation as a whole uh, in regards to this uh, report. Uh, when the next quarterly report comes, it'll be April, May, June. It'll be a little more moderate or, or not problematic, I yeah. guess. And there'll be there'll be a, part of April will have some strong indicators in there, right? So that won't be that report still will be a little bit 
offset a little. It's the third quarter that will really know the true numbers mm. of what the market's like. So because we've got, uh, we'll, we'll have part of April that uh, we still had a strong market in part of April. So so we're going to have two and a half months or two months of of, uh, of a regular market, but then we've got April that uh, that can offset that a little bit. But but now we're noticing prices of our our have come come down to normal levels and and the problem and the problem that some people are facing out there right now is that people bought in march beginning of april yeah. february they're and then they didn't put their house up till may or and now they're not and they're struggling because they felt okay i'll buy this house for eight hundred thousand, and my house i'll get 650 or seven mm-hmm. and they're not getting it so now their mortgage they anticipated instead of having it, their mortgage is going to be a hundred to hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars more a than swing. what they. There's right. a huge swing. Huge swing. So a lot of people are struggling out there. Um, we just had. I just got an email last night from somebody. Uh, he has his house up for sale. Uh, it's actually a, a pretty decent price. Uh, it's not selling. It's not. It's not our listing. It's another agent's listing. Hmm. It's at four sixty eight. I can't. I don't understand why it's not selling. It. Uh, I'm. I'm going to study the listing uh, uh, today when I take a look at it and find out why. What's going on with it? Um, obviously, we know it because they're not using the golfy team. No, <laughs> there you go. Strike one. <laughs> That's strike one. But but yeah, they're, uh, he's he's uh, and he's got his house closing in uh, two. In, uh, I think uh, August seventeenth. So he's got to have wow, a it's firm deal. Time. Yeah, he's got to have a firm deal within a week and a half to two weeks. If he doesn't, banks are going to say sorry. We're not lending you the money for this uh, house. Right. And there was a period in March where you know you looked at the market and it was like you know when's it going to stop. How much you know? How much higher are we going to go? Mm-hmm. And people felt like they had to get into the housing market to kind of build that equity, right? Or else they're going to get pushed out. So yeah. some people bought in a panic where they, you know, they said, you know what, I'll overpay for something because the market's just going to catch up to it mm. in a couple months because because we were under that notion. But what's happened is, you know, people were overpaying for houses and, and the markets come back now. Yeah. So, um, like we talked about last week, is is you know, never buy for the short term. It's it's a very risky move um, or a very risky play in real estate. Um, you know, buy something for the long term. Yeah, um, and 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 you know, plan on plan on holding it mm-hmm. for a while, and you'll make your money yeah. back there. Right yeah. during the month of uh, like uh, the end of February, March, and the beginning of April. Uh, but at the beginning of March, we were asking. I, I, I uh, d- during our team meeting, uh, I said to our team, we have to get large deposits. Um, for uh, buyers that are coming in to put a deposit on buying a house because uh, $5,000, people can walk away from $5,000. Yeah. So we were asking $25,000, uh, um, a lot larger uh, deposits than normally we would ask just because of the fact we knew that the market was uh, just aggressively going up and and, and we knew that there was the, there could be a change. So, um, yeah, we did ask for large deposits during the, that insane time of, of the market uh, mm. rising so rapidly. And, and, that, and that's important because we and, and now people are asking for extensions on their home uh, to close because they haven't sold theirs. Mm. And we're asking for an additional deposit because we're, we're making it more difficult for the buyer to walk away from that right. uh, that home. And uh, like, you know, we got closings that are happening. Um, like for instance, we have one house that's closing uh, uh, eight hundred thousand, eight hundred thirty thousand. Now the houses around it in the last, you know, thirty to sixty days, they've been selling for a lot less, 
And so we got to make sure that this house closes. So we keep getting more. Uh, if they ever, when they ask for an extension, we ask for a, a, even a greater deposit on top mm-hmm. of that, so that it, it makes it a little more difficult for them to walk away from that deal. So mm-hmm. our client is not left hanging on closing day. How long can you extend for? You can extend as long as you want, as oh, long right. as both parties agree. Right. Okay. Yeah. What's mm-hmm. What's the typical extension? A month. Uh, well, in the, what's going on with now, because people haven't sold their houses, where they're asking for 30 days, mm-hmm. and uh, and, and the, the, the sellers are like, wait a minute, well, like we bought a house, we need this closing day, because, yeah. uh, you know... It's so, a big domino, it's a, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a huge ripple effect, whereas, yeah. you know, one deal can affect so many. Yeah, like, right? if and, 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 like one person can uh, affect eight people because there's a, there, it's a down like 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 yeah. Phil said mm-hmm. Phil said is, is a ripple effect mm-hmm. so if one person unless the first one is a first time home buyer, home buyer yeah. but i mean that could be way yeah. down the line right yeah exactly yeah. so or 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 if um you know somebody's buying with, with he, cash cuz it's it's you know the financing which which is most important is the funds from the sale of property are being used to buy the, the next, next one and, and, and so on and so on yeah. so it's just uh, it's yeah. a, it puts a lot of a, a lot of pressure on the financial institutions to for sure. you know, bridge loans and, and right. you know get creative. Hate to see the paperwork on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the plus and minus of bridging. Now, bridging means when you you've sold your house, your let's say your closing date is the first of the month, and the house that uh, um, uh, the house that you're buying is the fifteenth of the prior month. So mm. let's say. Um, your close uh, the house that you're buying the closing date is the 15th of June okay. and but you're selling your house and your closing date's the 30th of June that means you got two weeks to move into this house mm-hmm. right so what happens is this is the negative about bridging uh, the negative about bridging is that if that you close on your house on the 15th okay you know your closing date that you sold your house is on the 30th. Mm-hmm. You're buying the house you're buying is on the 15th of June and let's say the 30th of June you close on the house that you bought. Right. Now on the 30th of June, let's say that guy doesn't close. You own two houses now. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing, no, now, nothing you can do. Now the, 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 so that's the negative. The positive of it is that you know you got two weeks to move in, it makes the sure. move move a lot smoother and everything else. There's there's no hiccups. Um, but you have to be careful now. Closing on the same day, yes, it's it's a panic day. It's it's stressful. And but the thing is, if if the guy's not closing on your house, then you can't close on the house mm-hmm. ahead of you. So you still own one house. <laughs> that's it. So because the lawyer needs the funds from that yeah. that your house Pay that you sold. Yeah. So that's that that's the positive and negatives about bridging and not bridging. Yeah. All right. Let's take our first uh, commercial break. When we come back, we'll hear from uh, Adam Caravalli, a McMaster Poly Sci grad, about uh, all the initiatives that he is involved in. Again, Rob. Rob Golfi is online at robgolfi.com. That's Rob G O L F I.com. 905 575 7700. That phone number again, 905 575 7700. At Rob Golfi on Twitter and Instagram. And check out the Rob Golfi Facebook page. More of the Hamilton Real Estate Show next on AM 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team, and Phil Golfie, sales rep with the Golfie team. Um, a little Looney Tunes there for you. Uh, special guest today, Adam Caravalli, McMaster Poly Sigrad, graduated in uh, 2014. Must seem like a lifetime ago. Actually, 20. Just graduated. 2017. 20, yeah. Are we in 2017? Wow. Yes. Yes. Right, and I'm if ad- I may just the last uh, segment that we did there, the symbiotic relationship between uh, Rob and Phil 
is unbelievable. The content was absolutely there. And then the eye in the sky, you, Rick, mm -hmm. just scintillating radio voice, but you have the aesthetic beauty to back it up. So not only are you a radio voice, but you're a multi-talent. And I got to ask, have you ever directed... Uh uh, Pavarotti's uh, <laughs> opera because you are just you're just a maestro on this. Thank you, set. thank you. I have not. I can confirm. I have uh, no dealings with Luciano Pavarotti. <laughs> God uh, rest his soul. Yes, I wish I did. He was quite the talent for sure. Uh, but I understand that you're quite the talent. You're involved in a, in a variety of things, and uh, maybe we'll just jump into who you are and what you do and, and why you're here. Right. Okay. So who are who I am, what I do, and why I'm here. Um. So my kind of uh, my area of focus and the thing I kind of specialize in at McMaster uh, is sustainable local food, and I've been incredibly fortunate and privileged to uh, come under the wing of Dr. Chad Harvey from the School of uh, Interdisciplinary Sciences at uh, McMaster. And so our kind of focus here is how do we create a more sustainable local food system, not only at McMaster but kind of in the, in the greater Hamilton area. And one of the first projects that me and Dr. Harvey undertook was. The, a common understanding that you, okay, you have McMaster University, which has people that need to be fed, mm -hmm. and you also have many other areas in the city, many food insecure areas. So through a serendipitous uh, uh, array of activities, I happened to meet Carl Andrews from uh, Ward 2, uh, Stinson. He's the co-chair there. And he had a, there was a, a serious problem with food insecurity in that, uh, in that area where the residents simply weren't food secure, meaning they didn't have, not only did they not have the right amount of calories to eat, but the calories were not sufficient. Right. They were avoiding nutrition. So you have, you know, Stinson who's food insecure, McMaster's that's insecure. And we live in this, you know, siloed world where everything's in its own compartments. McMaster and Stinson, why can't they come together? And why can't we both try to address the wicked problem of food insecurity and the lacking uh, availability of local food systems? So me, Dr. Harvey, and uh, Carl, we wrote a grant, a change camp grant, through the Office of Community Engagement in Hamilton. We got the grant, $1,000. Wow. Started the community garden in Stinson, and uh, that's up and running. Carl, absolute steadfast, amazing work, and Dr. Harvey is a modern-day Michelangelo, what he does. I don't even understand how he does what he does. I just watch him and just try to take notes. And so we, we got the community garden in Stinson, and we're developing now a community garden, another community garden at McMaster. Permaculture is the kind of theme we're looking at, and permaculture is a way the permaculture in a nice flashy catchy buzzwords uh is an edible ecosystem but really what it's all about is trying to bring people back to nature we need to have a relationship with nature mm -hmm. because if we're ever going to do anything to meaningfully address climate change like they said in december at cop 21 at the climate change conference in paris we need to significantly reduce our carbon emissions mm -hmm. our food system is responsible for 33 percent of worldwide carbon emissions so every day whatever you eat you can either have a positive effect or a negative effect. Permaculture allows people to have a real positive effect on the environment because it's a food system that replicates nature. It provides for humanity as well as many different ecosystems and terrestrial zones. Hmm. So with these community gardens, are, are you guys uh, harvesting, uh, collecting the crops, and, and, and then dispersing them in those insecure food areas? Yeah, so that, okay. that right now that's the plan in, in Stinson. As things are things are coming uh, growing, we'll have tomatoes soon. They are being they're being um, distributed to um, farmers market. No. More more food more food insecure people. And at McMaster, we the 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 permaculture garden that we are are doing would be going to these 
people that are food insecure, but also it's just kind of the environment and the climate of when you're growing your own food, people can undergo a personal transformation. You're connecting with nature. Mm. You're understanding what it's all about, and you can really see your personal effects on it. So uh, let's take the Stinson neighborhood, for example. Is that going to a local food bank? Are, are people go- coming to the garden to accept that food? And how, how do you identify those who are uh, um, you know, uh, in, in that list of people who need this the supply food, of yeah, food insecure people. So yeah. in the Stinson Community Garden right now, there's uh, 12 garden beds, so relatively a small uh, place. Mm-hmm. The people that are helping, the, the residents of Stinson who have uh, embraced this project uh, wholeheartedly and have put amazing amounts of work into it. Right now, we're as things are growing, uh, we're figuring out to distribute channels, but also okay. the gardeners, uh, the people that are working, um, the gardens are taking some of the, the, the food as well. Mm-hmm. So what's in these gardens? You mentioned tomatoes. Yes, tomatoes. <laughs> the, the thing about, if I may get on a little bit of a soapbox here, excuse me, the thing about Ontario, which I love, Hamilton in particular, the Greenbelt, we can grow a vast array of mm-hmm. anything, everything, and anything. It's one of the most fertile areas next to the Okanagan Valley in uh, British Columbia. So in Stinson, tomatoes, potatoes, Snap peas, onions, so much basil that we could fill this room with pesto if we'd like. <laughs> have Rob's mom, uh, my great Zia, have make some lovely uh, pasta. Um, herbs. There's also, bees are also a huge issue, which we'll get to. There's a pollinator garden, uh, nice. like a bed just de- de- devoted uh, for pollinators to attract bees to help um, the development and growth of all the other mm-hmm. uh varieties of vegetables in the garden. Why was getting involved in this important to you? What, what drew you to this kind of field? To local sustainable food? Well, number one, I love to eat food. It is incredibly an enjoying, fulfilling experience, loving to make food as well. And But I also like climate change. But unfortunately, climate change is very difficult to digest. It's mm. terrifying at uh, best and uh, absolutely mortifying at worst. So, But w- with food, food's an avenue... And it's a way for us to segue into this somewhat scary topic of climate change in a very lighthearted way. Food's a very mundane activity. We mm. do it three times a day. And every time we pick up a sandwich or a snack, we can either positively impact or negatively impact the planet. So I just thought it was just a super cool way to make change. And from an individual sense, when we hear about the words climate change, we think, you know, the UN needs to be involved or the government. But with food, an individual can make a personable and immediate impact mm-hmm. right away. It's food, tangible. Food's really a common denominator. I mean, everybody speaks well, that language, right? Yeah, well, look at the restaurants that are opening up there. I mean, more and more. I mean, when I was growing up, uh, there weren't that many restaurants. I'm sure there was a lot of restaurants, but I didn't really go to restaurants, uh, mm-hmm. or my parents, I don't think, went to as many rest- went to restaurants as I think our generation does. Yeah. And uh, so it just, like, people are eating out now. They're having gourmet dinners at different restaurants and things like that. So, mm-hmm. You know, so there's definitely food is, isn't important, but now food is becoming more of a of a, a sexy thing to, sure. to have. Yeah. yeah, I can speak the same. I mean, uh, I, I, don't, I don't recall going to my first restaurant with my family until I was in high school. Really, I mean, we're talking 16, 17, 18, and, and it was always, you know, something was on the table. Yeah, me too. I time. think it was McDonald's was the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like like our generation never, we didn't grow up going to restaurants. I mean, I mean, they would pack a lunch if we were going on a long drive, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, but now, I mean, 
I don't think anybody under 35 or under 40 packs a lunch to go to mm-hmm. work. Not that many people do. And uh, and that's why restaurants are thriving everywhere. Yeah. You know? My mom packed my lunch today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I, can, I can attest to that and say, yeah, the, the food scene is uh, exploded here in Hamilton. Yeah. It's, uh, it's quite incredible. You look at James Street North. Um, it's, King William. Yeah. Oh, yeah. King, oh, William. King William. Huge. I just went to a new restaurant uh, yesterday, uh, Aquarius, right across from uh, Radius. Hmm. I, I walked in. I wow. I like. I, I had just a little uh, calamari and uh, and shrimp, and I uh, unbelievable uh, appetizer. I was just there for just a half an hour. I met with uh, some friends, and uh, and it's just like every time I go to a new restaurant here in Hamilton, it just gets. There, there's so many good ones. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one. Of, of walking in somewhere that you've never seen or never heard yeah. of before, mm-hmm. just knowing that you're going to get a good dish and have a good experience. Yeah. Like yeah. Just, yeah. I, I was just really everything a... about it is, is you know, I like it how there's not a lot of franchises downtown. Yeah. And that's what I like about downtown Hamilton is you don't see, you know, the big Krabby Joe's or Boston Pizzas right, or, or, right. or however you call it is. Mm-hmm. It's Everything's very unique. Everything has this, you know, well, created your, your own culture and create their own atmosphere. And yeah. it's, it's awesome. And it's, they're all so different. But they're all so good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Adam. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why these restaurants are so alluring to people nowadays is that, you know, local food is kind of on the menus. You'll, mm-hmm. see, you'll see restaurants um, paying homage to the farm that they got their food from. The You know, some restaurants will even individually identify the farm. So yeah. that's another kind of... Another kind of selling point, and it just kind of once again goes back to this theme that you know, food is the great connector. Mm. We can all speak the language of food. It's a highly social context, and and because it has this, the, you know, this f- this fun, engaging, social element to it, is why it, it's such for me and um, uh, the research out with at McMaster with Dr. Uh, Chad Harvey is it's just you know it's such a great way to tap into wicked problems. Yeah, the the one I think uh, gap we have in the whole food restaurant supermarket kind of system is food waste, right? Uh, you go to any you know uh, big grocery store, you know once their food, especially the produce, you know hits that limit, you know it's in the trash. It'd be nice if we can you know gather some of that before mm-hmm. it goes you know into that wasteful kind of category and give it to those insecure food people. That'd, that'd be tremendous. It, it would be good. It's too bad. It's too bad. I I, I grew up working at uh, p- people probably haven't heard this word for Miracle Food Mart. Holy. <laughs> Yeah, that's a blast so from the past. A, that's a way, way back. And uh, and I worked the uh, produce department. Mm. And you're right. Like, after a certain time, and so then we would wrap up stuff um, that was getting a little older on the in the produce side. And then, you know, and you would discount it. Yeah. But, and then from there, if, if nobody bought that, then they would uh, they would just throw it out. Mm-hmm. But um, it just, it, it is tough. Like, I mean, when you have fresh food and stuff like that out. It, it is hard, but there should be a system where, okay, maybe here's the aisle for uh, day-old, you know, like the day-old donuts and the produce that's, you know, yeah. really ripe. And if you want something, you know, if you want bananas that are black, go there, go you know yeah. what I mean? So. Yeah, my wife used to work for a major major department store in, in the food section, and they'd have, you know, the roasted chickens that you see. And after a certain amount of time, all those chickens would be tossed. And, and, and I mean, they were still, I think... Maybe not, maybe not perfectly good, but I yeah. think people can have a nice meal with oh, it. Oh, absolutely. You know, and they, yeah. they wouldn't die. Yeah. So, what, right? so what the chicken shrunk a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so it's maybe a little extra crispy yeah, or a little, a, a little yeah. soggy. So. Throw it in the mic and you'll be good. Uh, let's talk about uh, uh, being a research assistant to Dr. Chad Harvey, uh, the School of Interdisciplinary Science. What are you doing there? So, yeah, uh, it's unbelievable. It's a really kind of a, a dream come true that I, I was able to get this. 
uh, position. And so, yeah, the major research that we're doing here with uh, in this in this realm of local sustainable food, how can create how can we create a more local sustainable food system mm-hmm. at McMaster? Because McMaster has tries to deal with sustainability across many different realms, and it's doing an amazing job. But and it's exp- uh, particularly in local food. You have the farmers market there. You have the uh, community garden that Dr. Harvey um, created with uh, Kate Whalen and um, the amazing director of uh, grounds, uh, Mr. Carlos Figuera, back in 2012. But let's try to go a little bit more because there is uh, a groundswell of interest, excitement, and just readiness to learn among students about you know where is their food coming from, what is the impact that this food is having because. W- we're talking about the millennials earlier. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to be the ones that are living in this world 20, 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. It's going to be our world. It's going to be our planet. Climate change has a very foreboding future for us if we don't really try to address these issues right now. And so this is what we're trying to do on campus, uh, creating a permaculture feasibility study right now, trying to understand if there is the potential ability to create a permaculture garden on McMaster. Mm. We have a little tiny plot, a um, little garden at the school that uh, Carlos uh, Figuera and his amazing grounds team helped us assemble with a, a fence and everything. And we're just trying to learn. <laughs> this fence is unbelievable. There's, you just come by. Kids posters from oh, wow. Regina Monday. These kids, unbelievable. Hmm. You could have 10 PhDs couldn't give the insight that are on these posters. Really? I dare you. Go get a couple PhDs and come back to me and make a poster. <laughs> and we'll see. <laughs> and so we're just, we're, we're trying, we're using this little space at McMaster that, um, Carlos Figuera gave us, and it has just been absolutely fantastic. And we're trying to learn what can we do here because if if, if it's all about availability, mm-hmm. it's all about availability. If you pre- present the opportunity, if you allow for students to engage, they will come. It's just a matter of creating the, these these programs, these services, and uh, yeah, the time is the time is incredibly ripe. Mm. Yeah, no. It, it, well, my 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 uh, my dad has uh, a garden, and he's you know he's been doing his gardening for probably six over sixty years, mm-hmm. and uh, and he looks forward to the spring, and you know, and yep. he just you know with the, and he and he's uh, actually it, it's amazing how they he's mastered uh, growing uh, you know different plants and different you know the tomatoes, the lettuce, and everything, mm-hmm. and how he does it. Like it's 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 a a mass of knowledge that he's gained over sixty years. And but but uh, it'd be nice. Like I mean, I want to grow a tomato garden, but, uh, but it, it doesn't. It, I'm too one too busy. But it, it, it won't hire a gardener. It, it, won't, it won't fit. It won't. It won't. Look, apparently, won't look good in the corner of the backyard. What my wife says. <laughs> so, but but we but uh, but along uh, uh, Winona area, you always can get uh, fresh uh, fruit and vegetables. Uh, yeah. Just pulling over there through the Grimsey area uh, with uh, farmers that are selling stuff. And and. and I can attest to this. Rob's dad, my great uncle, God bless him, in his 80s, has a huge, massive garden. He has over 100 tomato plants. Wow. He had a little fig orchard back in the day. Unfortunately, some... Two winters ago. Yeah. Mm. Two winter. Two, two winter. We had two cold winters, and he lost the fig trees. He had those fig trees for probably 50 years. Wow. Yeah, they were, the, the trunks were really thick on him, so he was pretty sad about so, that. Wow. And so you see this, this, this man, Rob's dad, in his 80s, yeah. and he's tending to this garden. And you, and there's, there's such. I, I go there, try to go there as much as I can to uh, Uncle Jack's backyard slash farm, and I just try to, <laughs> learn, I try to learn so much because this is, this is, this generation possesses so much knowledge mm-hmm. about how to grow our food, and like 
how do, like we have no relation or connection to our food at all. Like I mean, that's really not only is it socially irresponsible, but it just doesn't make any sense. Like how can we know our ABCs and count up to ten, but we don't know how to plant a tomato or how mm-hmm. to do this or how to cultivate that? We don't even know how to feed ourselves. Yeah, and it's and this culture is really really dying, and that's what we're tra- we want to bring it back to McMaster. There's interest, and it's really really exciting. All right, when we come back, we'll uh, continue with that, in, including talking about reestablishing honey at Mac. We'll get into that here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team, as well as Phil Golfie, sales rep with the Golfie team. Our special guest today, Adam Caravelli, a McMaster Poli Sci grad from 2017, a freshly anointed graduate of McMaster University. Happy to have him in studio today. You can reach Rob in a variety of ways online, robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G O L F I.com. On the phone at 905 570. 7700 again that's 905-575-7700 at rob golfy on twitter and instagram and check out the rob golfy facebook page and if you have a question for the golfy team you can email questions at rob that email address again questions at rob uh let's talk a little bit about uh re-establishing honey at mac what's going on yes so not only is honey amazingly tasty mm-hmm. and lovely on all sorts of arrangements and varieties, but it represents a larger issue. And this is going back to what Michael Pollan um, said in his amazing his amazing books: is you know, food is good to think with, and it's even better to act with. So, honey, we have an immediate need for to have sugar on our many things, but you know, instead of using sugar, instead of trying to deplete rainforests any further, we have this lovely abundance of honey in mm-hmm. Hamilton. So. At McMaster, there was a. We're gonna, you know what? We're gonna sample this honey. This is from. We have to do shoutouts on the show. Humble Bee, yeah. <laughs> Humble Bee Honey, Luke Peters, an absolute gentleman and a scholar and a learned individual who produces the amaz- amazing honey. You gotta try it. Get, get in there. Smell it. Get involved. So we're all we're, we're all gonna. So we this, all is a jar, spoon, this is a jar. This is a jar of honey. In hand, we're gonna have a. Okay. Have a, it's very delicate. Phil, go ahead. You're first off the bar. I say it's almost like. Is that um, a good? Is that a good size? Is that a? Whoa, whoa, no, flipping. <laughs> He's I got a whole. A sp- there we go. So, I think it's a half no the such, spoon is full. No such thing as. Why do you think Winnie Pooh? Winnie the Pooh lives such an amazing life and lives <laughs> such an amazing life. <laughs> I, I haven't smelled in a while. So this is humble bee honey made where, in Hamilton. Where can we get this? Um, we, oh, this is really good. Yeah. Does that subtle notes of plum almost? <laughs> yeah. Would you? Yeah, it's nice. break, Phil, break it down. You have a refined palate. Break it down for us, boy. Mm. Yeah. You know what? I'm a. I'm a. This would be a great one on a peanut butter uh, sandwich. Or, or even know? just, you know, oh. cut, out, cut out the middleman. Just have with a spoon. Oh, wow. <laughs> Mom's not looking. Oh, it'd be, it'd be nice on ricotta cheese. So where, where can we get this? So uh, you can get this from the mustard seed is the place where I bought this from. They actually, pr- isn't this wild? This honey was produced in Hamilton. A Hamiltonian can go to a grocery store in Hamilton and buy a product that was made in Hamilton. Uh, fantastic. That's cool. That's great. That's fantastic. So, yeah. So, um... So where, where, would, where would he, how many bees would have to, like, how many jars does he make? Like, does he have thousands of bees? Obviously, he's got thousands. Well, yeah, he, he has many uh, bee colonies, and Luke Peters has many bee colonies in Hamilton. He's a uh, bee, uh, beekeeper for the Toronto Bee Collective. He's got some in Toronto, even some on the rooftop of the Royal York as well. Oh, wow. wow. Nice. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's actually beehives on the top of, of the roof of the Royal York. I, I believe, I believe so. I definitely know there's some on Mustard Seed. There's Mustard Seed Grocery Store. There is... 
a beehive there. And this honey may very well have came from that actual hive. <laughs> and so what we want to do at uh, McMaster is back in the day, a little while ago, about two years ago, we're going back now, there was actually a, a, a bee colony established at McMaster in Coots Paradise by a uh, beekeeper. Unfortunately, her research work took her through the United States and the colony collapsed in the sense that the bees were just removed. The colony didn't die, die mm. but just the bees were removed from McMaster. And it was kind of unfortunate because not only is it really cool for an institution to be able to produce its own honey, but it provides an immense amount of learning opportunities and more importantly, experiential learning mm -hmm, opportunities. This, sure. you know, this immersive learning is what we really kind of learn and it allows for incredible uh, personal transformation. So that was an amazing initiative started back in the day with once again um, at McMaster. And uh, but um, so I fortunately came across Luke Peters at a panel discussion one day and I asked him like, you know, can we can we potentially get some honey at McMaster? And he said he said he said, yes, let's try to do it. And because Coots Paradise is one of the most biodiverse, yeah. rich ecosystems in Canada. And so could you like this honey tastes good, but could you imagine if you had some bees would there be a lot of bee stings with students in that area? I don't know. Bee <laughs> Very funny. It's a legitimate hardy, question. Hardy, har, har. <laughs> no. like, I'm allergic to bees if I get stung, so I just. But you love sure. the, you love the honey. I do. I don't. I, once again, I'm not a bee expert. But I don't think you'll get stung a lot no. by, uh, hmm. by any, any honey bees. They don't actually tend to tend to sting. Well, I don't think unless you attack them. Unless you unless, unless you attack, you them. attack we, them. We got a minute left in this segment, but Phil, you wanted to mention you saw a picture of Adam. Yeah, somewhere? you know, a beautiful portrait of, of yourself <laughs> down on York Boulevard there. Which uh, do you want to talk uh, a little yeah, bit about at the that? The entrance and of the uh, farmers market. What's going on with that? Yeah, no, it was a, it was amazing. Uh, an amazing artist, uh, Dave Dave Hine, contacted me to be part of this uh, mural art installation at the farmers market, and it just once again to try to real you go to the farmers market to buy buy food. And everything, and it seems like just you know a regular activity. But there's change makers behind that. There's farmers that wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning. There's movers and shakers that are enabling us for us to eat. So let's put these people front and center and, and give them the accolades that they deserve because they're the reasons why we, the Luke Peters of the world, he's on that 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 mural. He produces honey. We let's let's give them a little bit of some some time. Right. All right. When we come back, some final thoughts here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Last go round here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio today with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Phil Golfie also with us today, sales rep with the Golfie team. Also, our special in studio guest today, Adam Caravalli, McMaster Poli Sci grad, a freshly minted graduate. Get a hold of Rob today at 905 575 7700. RobGolfie.com is the website, Rob, G O L F I.com. Check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page today. And he's all over Twitter and Instagram with the at Rob Golfie handle. Uh, let's talk about Food for Thought. What's this about, Adam? So this is a program that we started at McMaster to try to show students not only how to cook food, but the processes behind food. What does it take to create a meal? Where does it come from? How can, you give, how can we give an individual basic, simple ingredients and how can they transform those basic, simple ingredients to delicious, nutritious food. Mm -hmm. And so we've been running this through the Student Wellness Center. Uh, Taryn has been fantastic. We've got uh, uh, alumni, MAC-10 funding from 
uh, alumni house at McMaster. Uh, Chris Picard and Karen McQuiggle have been uh, fantastic. And it's just been, it's just once again, it's just another example that shows food is the common denominator. It's a, it's a purpose that every individual, no matter what your race, creed, or language that you speak, it brings us together and it allows for a really engaging uh, environment to learn and uh, find meaning in relationships instead of consumer consumption. Hmm. I love cooking. I, I found it very <laughs> therapeutic, and even when the the dish doesn't turn out, I think the whole process is really you know it's, it's kind of cool, right? It, it is. Yeah. And when the dish does turn out, it's even that much more yeah, rewarding. Yeah, yeah. I could see I could see why people love cooking because the enjoyment of of eating it. Yeah, and amazing. it's the creation, right? Yeah, I mean, you've is. created something. Yeah. Right. It's almost like giving birth. No, not really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's talk about volunteers. You need some volunteers to step up as well. No, there's yeah. So there's many initiatives that we're doing at uh, McMaster with the uh, School of Interdisciplinary Science and Dr. Chad Harvey. It'd be great, any McMaster students or people from the community, uh, if, if you guys wanna come out and see what we're involved in, cooking, sustainability, food, gardens, bees, and uh, the rest of it, yeah. We would love for you to come out, contact us, and uh, get involved. We want you. Uh, yeah, tremendous. You can do so in a couple of ways. You can email uh, any interest to questions at robgolfie.com. Again, that's questions at robgolfie.com if you want to volunteer or if you know of someone who might be interested in doing so. But, Phil, uh, the Facebook page is a good uh, way to uh, get involved yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. We're going to post this, this podcast on the Facebook page, and we'll have all Adam's information on there as well. And, Excellent. You know, whether you're a, you're a big restaurant downtown Hamilton that wants to get involved or, or you know, any, from, from that to anybody just sitting at home that, that wants to get involved, he's, he's looking for... Uh, Far and far and far and wide, <laughs> far real and legitimate wide. individuals, human beings. Let's go. <laughs> that that would be uh, that would be a tremendous accolade to get a local restaurant or a group of restaurants involved to say, hey, we want to help out. Maybe we have some staff who want to volunteer, and at the same time, you know, we'll receive some of these food products and, and add it to our menu. That'd be phenomenal. How about if we had you, Rick? Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm in. You, yeah, let's a, do it. Are you looking it's for really the truth? Rick, <laughs> right Rick is the equivalent of ten divisions of uh, individuals that are just <laughs> have an uncommon purpose, but are just all together for the cause excellent <laughs> sounds like a good idea uh let's end with the we've got a couple minutes here the dog contest so what's going on here yeah so uh the golfy team in association with big country raw and rent pet depot we are having a cutest dog contest so you can enter by going to www.golfycontest.com upload a picture of your pooch and you can win a $500 Rent Pet Depot shopping spree. Wow. Or free food for an entire year. Free raw food for an entire wow. year delivered right to your door, courtesy of Big Country Raw. So, Holy cow. Uh, to date, right now, we have about 380, 390 entries. I haven't looked at my phone to see it updated. But yeah, we want to hear, you know, tell us a story about your dog. Hmm. All the pictures will be uploaded to our Facebook page. Um, even if you don't have one, it's going to be cool and, and fun to go through all the pictures and nice. see all the all the different stories of uh, everybody's little pooch sitting at home. So, and is it golfy contest or Go contests? Contest. 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 Yeah, com. Okay. And, uh, it's 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 very easy. Upload a picture. You can do it from your phone. You can do it from your computer. Uh, it's a very, very good website, and, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So we're looking forward to it. The winner's going to be announced on National Dog Day, which is August 26th. Okay. So when's the deadline to have your photo submitted? you got to have your photo submitted by August 14th. Okay. Voting uh, is open um, starting August 15th. So do people from the community vote? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this so is so a Yeah, nobody can vote until then. Yeah, so, so, we, we, so everybody we, puts their picture, puts the picture of their dog and their story, and yep. then after that, then... The uh, voting once starts. It, once, we've, uh, once we've downloaded everything... 
then anybody can go through all, yeah. all that's a lot of photos to go be, through yeah yeah it's gonna be a lot it's gonna be a lot to upload but it's uh it's gonna be exciting what happened in the past is when we did one of these contests usually the first 10 people to upload their photo would win mm-hmm. because you know as it catches on more people are uploading so we wanted to have a specific date where the voting starts and uh a lot of people are asking right now how do we vote how do we vote so yeah just wait until august 15th um all the pictures are going to be uploaded and okay and make sure you uh you know you pay attention to our facebook page and it's uh, it's gonna be good. Wow. There's, there's ton. You can you can see all the entries at golfycontest.com. If uh, and and you can go from there. It's it's pretty good. And by mid-August, you're gonna have probably 500 plus yeah. entries. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow, close to a thousand. Take the over. And it's yeah. uh, it's very exciting. And um, you know, we want to thank our partners, uh, Big Country Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a raw food company that delivers um food right to your door and and runs Pet Depot, uh, another big supporter of the golfy team. So. We're uh, we're very thankful for them coming forward. It's been, it's been a it's been a great contest so far. So well, we're thank you uh, thankful for you guys uh, to come in, Adam. Thanks for sharing your story and, and your amazing projects and continued success with that. Yeah, thank you so much, McMaster. He'll uh, he'll be back on the show soon. McMaster is a place celebrities hard A-list. to get a hold of. Thank you so much, McMaster is a place of uh, social change and transformation, and uh, it's been unbelievable to be part of that and uh, to keep on going in this journey. Sustainable local food. I think it's the way to help turn this climate change uh, story around. Well said. Uh, Guys, thanks for coming in. We'll catch you next Saturday morning at 9. You got it. Take care. Right here on AM 900 CHML.